Come on, that's the name that saves us. That's the name that heals our sick bodies. Come on, that's the name that casts out the enemy. Oh, Jesus, we exalt you, Lord. We give you praise here today. Come on, do you feel him in this place? Worship him and give him praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. We lift you up. We magnify you here today. Praise God. Praise God. Let's clap our hands and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 So good to be in the house of the Lord and to be with each and every one of us. Let's take a moment. Amen. And let's just fist bump the person next to you and tell me it's good to see you in church here today. Hallelujah. Praise God. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to this back room back over here for the classes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews, chapter 11. What a wonderful time uh, us adults had yesterday bowling. If you missed it, you missed it. Uh, thank you to Brother and Sister Bessler for putting it together. It was a great time. And uh, I might be the only one because I don't bowl very well that I'm like, man, I might have pulled something. But it was a great time. We had fun. And we're looking forward to more things like that in the future. Amen. Now, there's some folks that, you know, I, I, got, I got a really good score on one of the games. And uh, I did it all by myself. No help at all. No, I'm kidding. I had Brother Johnson bowl for me one time. And I think that was the best, the best bowl that I had. And, uh, and it gave me a good game. But... Praise God. We had a great time, and I just love fellowshipping with God's people. How about you? Man, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32, feel a good spirit of God in this house. And uh, if you're visiting with us, we want to say welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here and uh, in the presence of God and with God's people. We want to encourage you to be back here on Wednesday night. You don't want to miss it. Pastor Aaron Mayo is going to be preaching Wednesday night at 7 and Sunday at 1.30. It's going to be a great time, and I'm expecting a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, 
love this little part right here, of whom the world was not even worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And, all, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Now normally we would stop right there and think that that's where the story ends. Uh, but the chapter breaks were actually added for us to be able to find where the books are in different parts of the Bible. Uh, these were added uh, just, they were added over there in 1611 or so. And so it's, it's, it keeps going. The story does not stop. Amen. The Bible continues this thought. Uh, Hebrews 11 actually is a lot longer than we give it credit for. So uh, Hebrews 11, if I could continue it, uh, it's, it's, it says, Wherefore, seeing that we are also compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author of and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I think the chapter of faith ends really well. Probably would have been better if they would have ended it right here. And ending it with Jesus being the author and the finisher of our faith. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell him that? God is not finished with you yet. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him God is not finished with you yet. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise here tonight. Lord, we give you praise. Somebody shout with a voice of victory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated here today in Jesus' wonderful name. God is not finished with you yet. Hebrews 11 is one of the most famous chapters in the entire Bible. And as we can see just from our reading here today, it's very poetic. It, 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 it takes, as Hebrews does, Hebrews is ultimately... Uh, the, the main concept of Hebrews is to be a, a commentary on the Old Testament. We don't exactly know who the writer of Hebrews was. Some believe that it was Apollos. Others believe that it was Paul. And, and, and some have other opinions on who wrote the book of Hebrews. But regardless of who wrote the book of Hebrews, we know that the individual was quite eloquent. They had a deep understanding of the book of of, of Leviticus, the book of Numbers, Deuteronomy, Genesis, and Exodus, really a huge, huge spectrum of the Old Testament. They had this information very well down. And here they are, as they're going through chapter 10, they're writing about Jesus Christ being the perfect sacrifice. And they're trying to get us to see, as they're pointing us from the Old Testament they're pointing us to the New Testament. And there's one theme that you will find throughout the book of Hebrews. And it is the theme better. Amen. And what it's trying to do and what the author's intending to do is to let us know that no matter what you stack up in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, when you compare it to Jesus, 
Jesus Christ will always be better. Do I have a witness here today that has encountered Jesus Christ? And you can say that Jesus was, in fact, better. The writer of Hebrews would tell us that the blood of Jesus spake better things than that of Abel. It would look at the Old Testament and it would find a high priest, but it would say that Jesus is a more excellent or a better high priest. Amen. It, you can find it anywhere in there that it was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. But when you come and look at the blood of Jesus, it was able to wash every single one of our sins away. I, you want to know why we get excited and we shout? Because we know that there was nothing that was good enough to forgive us, nothing that was good enough to set us free. But when we met Jesus, it's the most beautiful name that we know because it was Jesus that was better than anything else. It was Jesus that was able to wash my sins away. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise here today. Hallelujah. I could relate that if I were to continue writing the book of Hebrews. I, I could tell us and we could, we could testify here today and pass the mic around. And you could state your past. Amen. And you could find that you could talk about alcohol. But Jesus is greater than any, any alcohol. You could talk about drugs that get you high and give some dopamine to your brain. But Jesus is in fact better than anything out there. You could talk about the greatest party you've ever been to, but you haven't yet met Jesus because when you get a hold of Jesus, you will testify as the writer of Hebrews, Jesus Christ is better than it all. Somebody shout and give God praise. Hallelujah. But again, he continues on and he writes the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And he starts to show us that, that, that this faith thing is important. There's there's Jesus being better, but now when you see that Jesus is better, we're going to talk about faith, and it seems like he's taking a turn. Amen. But, but we find later as we read in chapter 12 that he's still pointing to Jesus because all these that had faith, they, their faith was good, but it wasn't as good as what we have now that we have Jesus. And so he begins to write about each of these individuals, and he'll write about Abel. He'll write about Abraham. He will continue to write about Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. He'll go down the whole list in the myriad. Sarah, who, amen, had a barren womb, but God healed her. And, and he goes through, and there's a phrase that he uses over and over and over again. By faith, amen, by faith. And people have quoted this and they have reminded themselves that without faith it's impossible to please God. And, and, and if I'm going to have anything good, it's going to come, amen, according to the scriptures, by my faith. You've got to have faith in God. And this writer of Hebrews is writing this down, that by faith they do this. And we, we like to look at the highlight reel of these individuals' life, that what they were to accomplish by faith. But I think there's something that's a lot more interesting to me than what they did by faith or what was added to this book. Amen. What was added is, is, is interesting. It's great. But when you think about all the things that the writer of Hebrews did not add, it makes the book of Hebrews chapter 11 just that much more interesting. You see, 
By faith, we find that Abraham, he went and looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. He wandered not knowing where he went, and yet Abraham followed the voice of God. But what makes that so interesting is when you consider what Genesis writes about Abraham. The Bible would let us know that Abraham had many moments of doubt where he looked up towards God and said, well, I'm just going to die without what you have promised to me. Amen. The Bible says in Galatians that Abraham is the father of faith. Amen. We look at Abraham as a figurehead of somebody that walked by faith. And yet when we read his story... We find that Abraham had these deep moments of doubt, uh, had these deep moments where he didn't know if God was going to work it out. Uh, we even have this moment where Abraham fails God and, and says, God, you're not going to make it happen, so I'm going to make it happen. And he produces a child by the name of Ishmael with another individual. Amen. It didn't come by promise. It didn't come by faith. Uh, it came by his mistake. Uh, it came by his doubt. Uh, it came by his failure. And yet Hebrews does not record, amen, that Abraham made those mistakes. Hebrews does not record that Abraham had made those failures, amen, because God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Somebody give him praise here today. Hallelujah. We could continue on and we could look at the Bible talking about Noah. And Noah built an ark to the saving of his household. 120 years, day in and day out, being mocked and made fun of by everybody in his society and in his culture. And yet he continued to build this boat so that his family could survive the storm. But what's interesting about Hebrews 11 is that it does not include the fact that Noah got drunk off his own vineyard, that Noah had some failures in his life. Amen. But God is the author and the finisher of our faith, not our failures. Amen. You can read on and continue, and you find many other stories when you go through the patriarchs, and you would find Jacob, who we find turnings into Israel. He is the father of many nations. Amen. Many children come out of him. He's, a, he's an individual that, that the rest of Israel comes from. Amen. And here, Jacob, he, he wrestles with God to change his name. We find that he does this by faith. And at the end of his life, Hebrews records that Jacob was worshiping God, leaning upon his staff. Amen. And that does doesn't make a whole lot of sense until you find the context in the book of Genesis that it was Jacob who lied, cheated, and stole from his brother just trying to get ahead. Amen. He did whatever it took, amen, to go beyond his brother. Amen. He would lie about who he was. Amen. And there came a day when he wrestled with God, but he would not let go. Jacob would do whatever it took, if even if it meant somebody else had to go go down. He'd make them go down so he could go up. He was trying to get a blessing and he would steal it if he had to. But by the end of his life, he's so transformed by God that the only thing Hebrews records about him is that in his old 
age. He's leaning on a staff, a staff that he needs because he got in a wrestling match with God, and it changed the way he walked forever. Amen. All that's recorded about Jacob is not the lying, is not the cheating, is not the stealing, it's not the failures, it's not the mistakes, but what is recorded is that Jacob had enough faith at the end of his life to say, I'm going to worship God. Oh, somebody give him praise here today. Somebody worship Jesus. Because God's the author and finisher of our faith, not of our failures. You see, Moses, the Bible tells us about Moses that he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in royalty. Amen. But we don't see the other side, which is Moses killing an Egyptian. Yes, that's in your Bible. There's a man that led the nation of Israel out of captivity that should have been tried and killed for his murder of an Egyptian citizen. But when Hebrews records about him, it doesn't record that he murdered anybody. When it records what Moses did, it says that he he rejected being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He rejected the pleasures of sin for a season. That doesn't mean that Moses didn't have mistakes and failures. But when God said, write down, amen, on the tombstone of Moses' life, I want you to write down this, that Moses was willing to endure pain and Moses was willing to endure suffering so that he might be with the people of God and not with Egypt and the people of the world. That Moses would rather suffer and live for God than to give in and live free in this world. Amen. By faith, Moses, because God was not going to author Moses' failures. It doesn't author his murder. It doesn't author, amen, down him getting mad and striking a rock when he should have spoke to it. When it records what Moses did, it records what he did by faith. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify God here today. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Amen. I want to to help somebody see it, uh, that God is not finished with you yet. Uh, Amen. Yes, there's going to be some moments of failure. Yes, there's going to be mistakes. uh, But when God gets done, when God's finished with you, uh, it's going to be finished by faith. Somebody pray. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We find, amen, that we get to our text, and he said, time would fail me to tell you. Amen. If we were to really pass the mic around here today, time would fail us. We wouldn't have enough time to talk about where some of us came from before God found us. There wouldn't be enough time in the day or in the week or in the month or in the year to tell the whole story. And he just pins them down one by one. And he writes down their names. He said, time would fail me to tell you, amen, of Gideon. Gideon, who was the youngest and the smallest of the least of the tribes, who didn't think that God was able to use him and yet he writes his name down in the heroes of faith as being somebody of great faith but when you read the story in the book of Judges doesn't look like he's got a lot of faith. Of Barak it doesn't seem like Barak has a lot of faith because when you look at him he's too cowardice to fight and he lets somebody else do the fighting and he stands by the wayside but yet by the time it's done Barak is listed as somebody of faith. Time 
would fail me today uh, to talk about a man by the name of Samson. Uh, amen. Anybody ever heard the story of Samson here today? Samson was born uh, with strength from heaven uh, that was so strong uh, that he could rip gates off of walls, kill lions uh, with his bare hands. Uh, he was gifted and anointed by God uh, to be a deliverer. Uh, and yet when you read the story of Samson, uh, it seems tragic because Samson, uh, amen, he falls and he fails, uh, amen, right into the hand of the enemy. Uh, he's given over and he gets along with somebody of ill repute uh, that he should have never been with. Uh, he forsakes his walk with God uh, and ends up with a harlot uh, and he knows it's wrong. He shouldn't do it. Uh, and by the time it's all said and done, Samson is blinded by the enemy and he's lost all of his power. This is what the Bible tells us in Judges. But time would fail me to tell you today that Samson made it into the heroes of faith. You know why? Because even when you look at the story, uh, God's not finished with you yet. Uh, God's not finished with these individuals yet. Uh, see, you might see the middle of the story, uh, but you got to get all the way to the end of the story. Uh, you can see they started great, uh, but in the middle they fell apart. Uh, they lost faith. Uh, they failed God. They made mistakes. Uh, they've got blemishes in their life. They wish they could always, they could get rid of, but they can't. Uh, and at the end of Samson's life, uh, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Samson is being led into the enemy's house and he begins to pray and the Bible says his hair began to grow back. What does that let me know? That God was not finished with Samson yet. The enemy said it's done. You've got no vision. You've got no future. But God said with me you've got a future. That with me I'm going to make some things. Amen. Come back into your life that you thought were dead a long time ago. Amen. I'm going to cause some things to be resurrected in your life that are going to cause you to end up as a hero of faith. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Oh, let's lift up our hands and let's love him here today. Come on, maybe you're relating to this. Amen. Well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. I've made mistakes. Amen. But I want you to know God's not finished with you yet. You just got to keep on keeping on. You got to press on in Jesus. Somebody pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's interesting to me the people that ended up in the heroes of faith. Doesn't seem like they did a whole lot by faith. If you look at their story. There's only one or two moments in some of these lives. He goes on and says, if I talk to you about Jephthah, we don't have time to talk about Jephthah. Talk about David. He doesn't, we don't have time to talk about all that David went through. But, but let me do this. We're going to have a call and response. David and... You just proved my point right there. David and... But what if I told you there was a David Bathsheba? Oh, come on. David cheats on his wife with a lady by the name of Bathsheba. But when you say David, you don't say Bathsheba. Amen. What have I told you about David and Uriah, the husband of that wife, amen, of that individual? He killed that man. You don't hear about David and Uriah. When we talk about David, we say David and Goliath because when we look at this individual, we're seeing it through the eyes of faith that said, yes, David failed. Yes, David numbered the people. Yes, David made mistakes, uh, but when God wrote it down, he said, I'm not the author and 
finisher of your mistakes. I'm the author and finisher of your faith. And by faith, David slew a giant. By faith, David slew a lion and a bear. By faith, David said, I'm going to be something in God's kingdom. By faith, David said, I'm going to be the king. By faith, David said, I'm going to build God a house. And when God said, that's the kind of individual I'm looking for, David's a man after God's own heart. Somebody give God praise here today. David and Goliath, we say it, David and Goliath, because when we look at their, in their lives, we think about their successes, not their failures. But this is why I came to preach to somebody. Why is it, get real quiet, when you look at your life, all you see is failure. Hallelujah. Why is it that when we look at David, we say, Goliath, Samson, mighty man. We look down the heroes of faith. Amen. I'll tell you why it is. Because we know the end of the story. Hallelujah. It's a lot easier to look at somebody who you can see the end of their story and say, my goodness, they might have had some mistakes and they might have had some failures and the Bible doesn't pull any punches. It'll tell you that they doubted God. It'll tell you that they sinned. It'll tell you that they messed up. It'll tell you every nitty-gritty detail about what they did. And yet when we get to the end, we see why they made it in the heroes of faith because they lived for God in spite of it all. They served and worshiped God even after what they were and what they did. But then we get to ourselves, and it's a little harder because we're sitting there in the middle of it all, and we're thinking, oh, no, you just don't know what I did. There's no future after this. There's no hope for me. But I came to preach to every individual in this house that God is not the author and finisher of your mistakes and your failures and the things you regret and you're not proud of. But God is the author and the finisher of your faith. I wish somebody would shout and give God praise. I'm glad that when God writes my story, it ain't over until God says it's over. I'm not done until God says I'm done. And it's not going to end on a low note. It's not going to end in doubt. It's not going to end in failures or mistakes. But it's going to be like Samson. God, just one more time, let my hair grow back. Let my consecration grow back. And when he died, he died in the faith. He didn't die out of the church. He died in the church. He didn't die in mistakes. He died with a miracle. He didn't die losing. He died winning. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Come on. Come on, somebody. God's not finished with you yet. Stop, stop counting yourself out and saying it's done. Oh, my marriage is over. No, it's not. It doesn't have to end in failure. It can end in the faith. Oh, somebody shout and give God praise here today. Oh, come on. Let's pray for just a moment. Come on, that's not, well, you, you don't know. I'm in the middle of this. I'm in the middle of this. I'm in the middle of mistakes. I'm, I've already got regrets. I, I just can't get rid of them. That's all right. Your story is not finished. You're not the finisher. Jesus is the finisher. Oh, let's pray. 
Oh, come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Don't count yourself out. Don't count yourself out. I'm out of the church. There's no way. I'm out of God's kingdom. There's no way. I've done too much wrong. I've made too many mistakes. God will never forgive me. God will never love me. You don't know the God I serve. The God I serve says, Samson, you're a hero of faith. The God I serve says, David, I forgave you of all that. You're a king and a man after my own heart. Amen. The God I serve says, don't worry, Abraham. I'll change your name and it'll look like it never happened. The God I serve says uh, we're not ending in failure. We're ending in faith. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give them praise. Let's stand across the building. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Come on, God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. It's not time to say, I'm done, I quit. Amen. God's, God's not giving up on you. Don't give up on God. God's not finished working in your life. Don't give up on God. He's a perfect artist. He knows exactly what he's doing. You see what Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and, and so on and so forth through the Bible, Judges. Amen. Joshua, you go through this book, you're going to find a lot of mistakes. God didn't take them out, and I love that. That's one of the most beautiful things. Read your Bible, please. Do yourself a favor. Well, I can't make it. God won't love me. Read your Bible and look at the people that made it. Well, I don't know. If you read, you'll find a God that comes looking for Adam and Eve after they sinned and said, I've come to save you. You read your Bible. And you'll see all these things. That, and when, when, you, when you look at it from this standpoint, you see it that, that there's a lot of people that are living their story. They're, watch, they're walking through their life. Uh, amen. They, they, they are omitting the faith. They're not doing what is right. Uh, amen. And when I write my story, uh, I got a lot of failures. Can anybody testify to that? When I'm in charge of the penmanship uh, and I'm writing it down, uh, you better mark it down. I'm going to have a mistake after a mistake after a mistake. Uh, I, I'm going to make the wrong turn all the time. Uh, I might get it right once in a while, uh, but I'll keep penning it down. Uh, and you'll see mistake, 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 mistake. Uh, and some people don't understand when they read the Bible uh, what they're really seeing. Uh, what they're really seeing is people that are making decisions without God. Uh, and you watch them without God, they make all sorts of mess of their life. But here's the beautiful thing about the individuals that we read about. They started making decisions without God. They took the pen out of God's hand and said, I'm going to be my own author. I'm going to self-author my life. And they made mistake after mistake after mistake. But they realized somewhere it wasn't working. And they said, hold on, I have authored my life for too long and it hasn't worked. Father, I'm going to hand you the pen back because I know I author failures but you author faith I author mistakes but you author faith I author all sorts of I got everything wrong here but when I put it in your hand we know all things work together for the good of those that love God come on somebody when I put the pen back in the master's hand the author and the finisher of my faith oh somebody give him praise Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith. It omits their failure. And all it talks about is their faith. I, want, I, I know it's, it's hard where we live because we, we look at in the mirror every day and we see everything that's wrong. But here's the problem with, with, with being human, one of many. 
You are temporary, temporal. You are, you are mortal. You are momentary. You don't live in the past. Well, some people do. The reason some people don't have a future is because they live in their past. You, you can't have a future if you keep living back here because you, you accepted whatever this was, whatever they said, and that's all there is. And so you said, I'm finished with me. But see, when, where we are as humans, the closest thing we have to eternity is, is, the, is the current moment. Amen. It's, it's now. Now. Well, now is then. It keeps going back. It's now the past. We live in the now. I don't live in the future. I can't live there. I don't, I don't exist there. And I don't exist in my past. I, I exist in the now. And right now, there's some people that are saying, well, you don't know where I am. Uh, but I want to help you out. You also don't know where you can be. Come on, unless you're a fortune teller or a prophet, uh, you don't know where you can be. Uh, and if you put the pan back in Jesus' hand, uh, he'll author something so beautiful, it'll change your eternity. He'll author faith uh, that'll change your life forever if you put it in God's hand. Somebody shout. Somebody shout and give God praise. Somebody give God glory here today. Right now, it doesn't look good. Right now, I'm messed up. Right now, I don't have faith to believe God for that. But if I can put the pen in the master's hand, eventually, I'll get somewhere I never thought possible. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise here today. See, the Bible doesn't shy away from people's mistakes because it wants us to know everybody makes mistakes. Well, you've never made a mistake. I make more mistakes than I can count. I just stopped counting a while ago. I'm not that smart to count that high. The Bible doesn't, doesn't shy away from that. It lists them all. In fact, it doesn't list them all. I'm sorry. It doesn't even list them all because the Bible, Bible can't even count all of them. David even wrote it this way. Lord, please don't remember the sins of my youth. Can anybody pray that one here today? You hoping God's got amnesia about what you were when you were younger? Come on. I know you bake cookies for grandkids right now, but can you say, when I was 20? God, forgive me for what I did when I was 20. God, don't, don't remember the sins of my youth. That's what somebody needs to pray today. Stop living in your 20s. You don't live there anymore. Well, if I hadn't got around the, round, around the wrong crowd when I was in my teens, I wouldn't be here today. You don't live in your teenage years anymore. God, don't remember the sins of my youth. But get this, David tapped into something he didn't realize. He said, God, here's the pen. And the Bible speaks about Jesus, that he found the ordinances that were written against us. The record of wrongdoing. And the Bible says he dipped that pen in blood, his blood. Oh, come on, somebody. And the Bible says he blotted it out uh, with his own blood. It wasn't an eraser. Uh, what he did was he covered up the ink that was written down uh, with his own blood. Uh, and now uh, when you see the sins of your youth, Brother Jonathan, uh, you might remember them. But God says, I don't. Uh, they were blotted out on Calvary.
Calvary. I forgave them a long time ago. It never happened in my book. When I look at you, I'm the author and finisher of faith. And all I see is what you can be. And all I see is the good I'm creating in you. And all I can see is a future with you and I working hand in hand together. Because I'm the author and finisher of your faith. I'm not finished with you yet. Your marriage isn't over. Your kids aren't gone. You've got to just hold out your hands and say, Jesus, I need you to pin some things down. Jesus, I need you to author some things. I'm done preaching. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray in this house. God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. Well, well, I, I messed up here. Give the pen back to Jesus. He'll dip it in the blood, and he'll mark it out like it never happened. And he'll write a beautiful story that when you get on the other side, they'll say, by faith, brother so-and-so, by faith, sister so-and-so, by faith, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Today's an opportunity to say, God, I know you're not done with me. I feel encouraged in my faith that you are not finished with me yet because you're the author and the finisher of my faith. And God, you still got a plan in my life. I might be in the middle. I might be in the moment. But if I could put the pen back in your hand, Master, I know you're going to pen a better story than I ever could have. Come on, let's pray in this house. Come on, God's not finished with you yet. You might be finished with you, but I encourage you to come down to this altar and say, God, I've been writing my own story. I've been authoring it all by myself, but I know you are better than it all. And if I can put it, you're a better author than me. You're a better writer than me. And God, I know you write better stories. You write miracles. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray in this house. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray. Come on, there's a John Mark in this house that has failed and has made a mistake. But there's a pen that's being written. Bring Mark. He's profitable for the ministry. There's a Peter in this house. You've denied Jesus. You've lived without God. But he's saying, I've got a Pentecost for you to preach. There's a Samson that's lost his vision and his hair and his consecration. But there's a God that says, I will pin your hair growing back. I will pin your consecration growing back. There's a David in this building that's committed adultery, murder, messed up but God says I got a pen that's writing you are an individual after my own heart you got to put your life in the hand of Jesus author my life author my story come on somebody let's pray in this house the Holy Ghost is moving
God's not finished with you yet. Put the pen in the master's hand. Uh, let him be the better author. 